Blog Talk Radio. Insider, the show that takes you inside the Great Northwest Athletic Conference. Hear from student athletes, coaches, and administrators from one of the premier conferences in Division II. Now, here's your host, Rob Lowry. From Nampa, Idaho to Seattle, Washington, and from Dallas, Texas to wherever it is you may be listening, welcome to GNAC Insider, your weekly look at the Great Northwest Athletic Conference. Coming up on tonight's program, we're going to have the opportunity to talk basketball. Coleman Wooten from the Seattle Pacific men's basketball team and guard Avery Albrecht from Northwest Nazarene University's women's team. Their collegiate careers are continuing at the NCAA West Regionals. We'll have an opportunity to talk with them a little bit later on tonight's GNAC Insider. But it was November 6th of 1869 that Rutgers and Prince play what was the first intercollegiate football game. Again, November 6th of 1869. That means we are coming up on the 150th anniversary of the founding of college football. And it is my pleasure to be joined tonight on GNAC Insider by Kevin Weiberg. He's the executive director of CFB 150. That's an organization that is charged with celebrating 150 years of college football. Mr. Weiberg, thank you so much for making time for us tonight here on GNAC Insider. Well, thanks very much. Appreciate you having me on. Now, CFB 150, as I understand it, was formed to develop a national celebration for 150 years of college football. You are the executive director of that organization. Can you talk a little bit about what the commemoration is going to incorporate? Absolutely. Um, we've been working at this now for a little more than a year. Um, we have a very small staff. It's just myself and one other person. Um, we have office space in the National Football Foundation and uh, College Hall of Fame offices in Dallas. And uh, we've really been working with the stakeholder groups across the sport um, to do a lot of planning and, and put in place a very broad-based commemoration that will include all divisions of college football, as well as the NAIA and the National Junior College Association and the California Collegiate Community College Association. So um, this really is about 800-plus schools that participate in the, in the sport uh, at this point. Um, what we've tried to do is put a real focus on um, achieving as high a public awareness as we can of the anniversary. So we've been spending a lot of time thinking about how to raise that awareness. We want broad participation from college football stakeholder organizations, the national governing bodies of the sport. And we really wanted to use the platform as a way to do everything that we could to tell good stories about the sport and to celebrate its positive aspects and that's where we put our emphasis. So, for example, we, we really felt like one of the primary ways we could have visibility for the sport was through the development of a unique mark for 150, the logo. Um, it's broadly available that, that fans can see at CFB150.org, and we'll have a, that logo as a uniform patch or a helmet decal on all team uniforms uh, during 2019. It's a voluntary program, but so far we've been really pleased with the response we're getting across all divisions. 
Um, we have built out some promotional materials that exist online as well, and it includes everything from uh, print and digital ads to scoreboard graphics to social media templates, public address announcement reads, and they can all be customized and they're available to schools throughout the, the country to utilize. We've worked hard with uh, stakeholder groups, as I mentioned earlier, including groups like the American Football Coaches Association, Coaches across the country that are part of the AFCA membership will be wearing the, the patch on their uh, sleeve, a joint patch with AFCA in week one of the season. We've, we're, we've spent a lot of time recruiting television networks to participate, including ESPN. I'm very pleased with uh, the package of programming that ESPN will be rolling out in August. Um, we've built our own social media uh, sites that are up and active at the present time on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. And we're really thinking about um, doing some celebration during the season, including around that November 6th date that you mentioned. So that's a quick snapshot. We're still working on some other plans, but um, we're trying to do the best we can to raise awareness, encourage institutions, conferences to tell their own stories about the good in the game. My understanding is that it was announced recently that uh, the August Miami-Florida game is going to be moved up a week in order to commemorate the college football 150th anniversary, and that ESPN is now going to televise that game on August the 24th. Will there be some other programming built around that game to, to focus a little more emphasis on this 150th anniversary? Well, there will be, and we really we have three games that are occurring that day, actually. The football championship subdivision has its kickoff game in Montgomery, Alabama, between Samford and Youngstown State, and ESPN will <clears throat> excuse me, televise that game as well. Then the Florida-Miami game that you mentioned, which will be in Orlando, uh, the Camping World kickoff game, and ESPN will be building some special programming around that, including the release of a documentary uh, that will air that day about the college game. And uh, that night, uh, the TV network is still be, to be determined, but Arizona opens the season at Hawaii, um, kind of a unique game for August 24 as well. Um, so that'll be a nice way to start the season. ESPN in mid-August will also be rolling out <clears throat> uh, some vignettes that will occur over 150 consecutive days from mid-August all the way through to the uh, – the CFP championship game, the college football playoff game um, in January 2020. So they'll have a lot of other programming. We, we think that CBS and Fox and the other networks that routinely cover college football will do some additional programming as well. 50, which is commemorating the 150th anniversary of the inauguration of the game that we love of college football. Uh, I've been around the game for a long time, and, and I've run into so many wonderful players and wonderful stories. And I know you could say the same thing because you have served in intercollegiate athletics for a number of years. You have been serving at both the campus and the conference level. Matter of fact, you were a commissioner of the Big 12, and also out here in the West, you've been the deputy commissioner and chief operating officer of the Pac-10 and the Pac-12. So what was it about this CFB 150 position that enticed you to, to want to take this role on? Right. I, I appreciate you asking. It, it seemed like a very special opportunity to connect again with a lot of people <clears throat> that I had worked with over the years. I left the PAC 12 position in 2014 
and was doing some consulting work, but I moved on to a bit of semi-retirement, and I was approached by uh, some of the people that were organizing this, and because I had worked across the big conferences during my career, um, I think it maybe was felt like I had a good sense of the stakeholders in the sport and uh, knew a lot of people, but for me on a personal level, I, I just think the sport has meant so much to so many people. Um, it's provided unique educational opportunities that are really unparalleled. Uh, in fact, I think if you rolled up all of the college football scholarship opportunities that have existed over the years, you'd be talking literally about hundreds of thousands of opportunities for, for young people. And um, I think also there are many testimonials about the leadership qualities that people gain from participation in the sport um, that they reflect back on very positively in their careers after football. And also I just think the community building aspects of it. And to me, this really cuts across more than just um, the big statewide institutions. I think that there are many great stories about the impact and influence the sport has had at multiple levels of college football and what it means in small communities to large communities across the country. In many ways, the sport has really been interwoven with uh, a lot of the cultural fabric of America over this uh, long history. And so for me, it was just a special opportunity not only to connect with people, but to connect with those special attributes of the sport. Well, Mr. Weiberg, I can't tell you how much I appreciate making time for us tonight here on GNAC Insider. I would like to uh, open an invitation, extend an invitation to you to come back on with us as we get a little bit closer to the kickoff for the college football 150th season coming up this coming fall. And love to talk to you once again at that time here on GNAC Insider about some of the plans and some of the new plans and some of the things that will be added between now and then as we uh, commemorate 150 years of college football dating back to November the 6th of 1869. And I hope you'll, uh, I hope you'll take us up on this invitation to come back and talk with us again. Well, thank you very much. Really appreciate it. Kevin Weiberg joining us tonight from Dallas, the executive director of CFB 150 here on GNAC Insider. Well, from the gridiron to the hardwood, we're going to be talking basketball coming up. We're going to talk with Seattle Pacific men's basketball forward, the MVP at the GNAC Men's Championships, Coleman Wooten's going to join us from Seattle. He'll do so right after this timeout. GNACsports.com is your 24-7 resource for all the latest on the great Northwest Athletic Conference. Schedules, results, standing seven GNAC members. Plus, catch live event coverage on GNAC.tv. With more than 60 areas of study to choose from, Northwest Nazarene University guarantees that you don't have to settle for a major that's anything less than your true passion. NNU graduate Chad Larson's goal was to find a program that would help him achieve his dreams. Majoring in engineering at NNU gave him the prestigious opportunity to do research with NASA. While a student, Chad worked internationally and experienced pursuing his studies in zero gravity. Not once, but twice. Ten years from now, I hope to have obtained my Ph.D. and then begin pursuing a career at NASA where I'll be on the cutting edge of science. Thanks to the education he received at NNU, Chad is well on his way to fulfilling his dream by working to obtain his Ph.D. in engineering. It's not too late to find out which one of our majors you will love. Your program is waiting at Northwest Nazarene University. 
Call 467-8000 or visit nnu.edu today. And welcome back to GNAC Insider. I'm your host, Robert Lowry, and certainly glad to have you along tonight as we have rolled into March Madness in a big way. The Great Northwest Athletic Conference Men's and Women's Basketball Tournament concluded last Saturday and on the phone line with us now from Seattle is Seattle Pacific University senior forward Coleman Wooten, the MVP of the Great Northwest Tournament, Great Northwest Athletic Conference Championship Tournament. And Coleman, thanks for joining us here tonight. Boy, I tell you, you played a whale of a tournament there, and I know your Falcons uh, feel the same way. But were you surprised at all when they uh, when they called your name as the tournament MVP? Um, I was a, a little bit. I mean, uh, Gavin Long for us also had an amazing tournament. Um, really carried us for the first half of that NNU game there. So, uh, you know, I thought he was just as, if not more deserving of that. So, yeah, I definitely was a little bit. Well, it's an honor well-deserved, and it goes along with some honors you've also received this year. First team all GNAC after being a second team all GNAC last year. You uh, averaged 12.8 points a game and uh, eight rebounds a game. You had that double-double in the GNAC championship game. You've compiled 17 career double-doubles, and you're also just the ninth player in Seattle Pacific history to reach both 1,000 points and 600 rebounds, 18th in career scoring there for the Falcons, and ninth in rebounding. As you look back on your career now at SPU, have things unfolded the way you expected, or maybe have they even exceeded your expectations some? Uh, yeah, I would, I would say they've exceeded them for sure. Uh, it's just it's been such a blessing uh, to have the opportunity that I've had here. Uh, you know, when I look back five years ago, going into my redshirt year and making the decision of where to go to school, uh, you know, a lot of thought, a lot of prayer went into it. And just, uh, you know, looking back on it, you kind of, you know, see God's plan that he had for me there unfold, which was really cool. And, uh, I mean, I would say it's definitely exceeded my expectations. Uh, you know, didn't really realize I was going to accomplish some of those things individually this year, which has been really neat. And then, you know, just the icing on the cake for that has been our team success. I mean, I would give a lot of that up, if not all of it up, just, you know, to have the year that we've been having this year, because it's been, it's been a blast. Well, it, it's been a great year. Matter of fact, Seattle Pacific, the GNAC co-team of the week, the number two seed in the NCAA Division II West region. That was announced during Sunday's selection show. Was the team gathered for a, kind of a watch party for that? Yeah, we were. Uh, our coach, Grant Leap, had us uh, just come up uh, to the gym. Well, we cut down some nets in our gym there. Uh, since we didn't get the opportunity to do that at Western. And then, mm-hmm. yeah, watch the selection show, and uh, it's really exciting to get that two seed. You know, we were kind of sitting at three in the region there for a couple of weeks and uh, wasn't really sure with the 
early St. Martin's loss, you know, whether that was going to put us at two or three. So we were really excited to get that two seed. So that was a fun experience. We talked about your ranking in the West. You're also ranked nationally for the first time in nearly three years. The Falcons today listed 23 in the coaches poll. You're headed back to the NCAA tournament. The team is for the 28th time. SPU actually was there 12 straight years from 2005 to 2016, which at that point, the longest active streak among Division II men's teams. Seattle Pacific also has been to the national semis 2000-2006 and placed third both of those times. Now, that's all very interesting history, but what does all that mean for this year's team? Do you guys reflect on some of that past glory and want to forward that a little more? Or are you just looking at as this a season unto itself? Uh, yeah, I think there's kind of two parts of that. I think uh, SPU has a rich tradition of, you know, winning in basketball and having success. And uh, I think that's something that we can always reflect back on. I mean, I was a part of a couple of the teams uh, there before uh, Coach Leap took over. Uh, when he was an assistant and Ryan Mooney was the coach. And, uh, you know, there were some special moments that happened those uh, those couple of years there. And then kind of as Coach Leap's taken over, uh, we had a couple of years where we had fairly young team, some injuries, and uh, kind of just changing the culture here uh, as a whole. And so that was kind of a, a longer process in itself. And uh, I think we had an understanding of that. So you kind of got the side of it of, been a part of you know some teams that have accomplished some pretty cool stuff in the past and then just kind of this new era with Leaf uh, who's done an amazing job coaching us uh, very very thankful for uh, him and what he's done for everyone on our team and uh, just kind of looking back on the past couple of years I mean we've battled a lot of injuries uh, you know I've kind of made the transition you know individually from playing you know a two or a three to a four now um more so just with kind of the injuries we had, we found, you know, that to have some success. So, uh, you know, it's got, it's got those two sides to it. So this year is definitely really special because, um, you know, it's kind of been a two year process leading up to this. Yeah. You brought up the name of Ryan Looney, former Seattle Pacific head coach. He is now ironically enough, the head coach down there at Point Loma, which will be hosting the West Regionals in the Golden Gym. That's where they play their home games. Now, this is kind of an interesting twist. You have played on that floor already twice this year at the Thanksgiving Mm -hmm. Classic they hosted. Tell me a little bit about that, Jim. You lost to St. Cloud State in a tight one. You lost to Cal State San Bernardino even in a tighter contest. So you played well down there. What do you think about this facility? What do you think about the floor? And does this at all give you any kind of edge over your first-round opponent, which will be Shamanah, the seventh seed? Yeah, uh, I mean, I don't necessarily know if it gives us an edge. I mean, it's nice to have played some games down there. And, uh, yeah, but um, it is It's an interesting gym. They have these big fans above that are kind of running at all times. And, uh a different feel to it. Uh, it's really cool having it down on the beach there. But I definitely think playing a couple games there this year, um, you know, you're just being more familiar with it. You've been in there before. Uh, you know, I always think that's beneficial just for uh, a mental state. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know if I'd call it an advantage, but um, it definitely doesn't hurt at all, you know, to have played in that a couple times and uh, 
be nice to have had some success, but we learned a ton from those two games. Uh, I was very early in the year, and uh, yeah. honestly, it feels like ages ago. Yeah. yeah. Yep. I know that you've already begun preparation for Chaminade. The Silver Swords had a nice year in the Pac West of 23 and 7. What do you know about them, and what challenges will they present to the Falcons in uh, in the quarters? Yeah, they're uh, they're a great team. Uh, played them two years ago as well. I guess almost three years ago now, my sophomore year uh, up in Hawaii, and uh, lost to them on a three at the buzzer to beat us by one. Uh, so definitely have that in the back of our mind there. Uh, this year, they're, they're a very talented team. Uh, you know, we've briefly scouted them thus far. Uh, we had today off, but yesterday uh, with practice, and it sounds like, you know, they, they run in transition a lot. They have three very talented uh, offensive players that are averaging 15-plus for them, a uh, guy averaging almost 20, a dresser that's a really good player. So uh, it's going to be a – a great matchup. I mean, it's March, uh, you know, everybody's good. Everybody's fighting for their lives. So uh, looking forward to that game. Well, I'm looking forward to, I'm looking forward to it too. And I will be following the stats on that game. When you guys take on the, in the West region, the silver swords of Chaminade, Seattle Pacific, the number two seed, uh, part of the three GNAC teams on the men's side, that'll be at the tournament this year. Coleman, thank you so much for joining us. Continued success, not only in your career here, but uh, in your life following Seattle Pacific. And and uh, I, I look forward to seeing you have a good tournament. And who knows, maybe Seattle Pacific will be advancing out of the West Regionals. And who knows, you may get the opportunity to host another MVP award as well. And I hope that's the case for you. Right, thank you, Rob. I appreciate it. Coleman Wooten joining us tonight from Seattle, from the Seattle Pacific University men's basketball team. Time for us now to turn to our GNAC weekly wrap-up. Well, the GNAC men's basketball championships, as we've been talking about, took place in Bellingham in the number two seed. Seattle Pacific won the men's tournament title in the title game. The Falcons pulled away late from fourth-seeded Western Oregon for a 78-66 victory. In women's action, number two seed Northwest Nazarene got the conference's automatic bid into the NCAA Division II tournament with a 70-64 win over top seeded Alaska Anchorage in the championship. We'll have an opportunity to talk to Avery Albrecht from the Northwest Nazarene women's team here in just a couple of moments. In track and field, Alaska Anchorage senior Caroline Kurgat was the top GNAC performer at the NCAA Division II Indoor Track and Field Championships, and boy, was she ever. Kerr got started with a national title in the 5,000, setting a meet record time of 16 minutes, 6.37 seconds. She then won a second national championship in the 3,000 with another meet record of 9 minutes, 15.45. In men's golf, Concordia placed ninth at the SoCal Intercollegiate. Senior Jake Wiley was the team leader, finishing six over par to place inside the top 20. On the women's side, Western Washington topped a GNAC heavy field with a seventh place showing at the Cal State East Bay hosted Tim Tierney Pioneer Shootout. Concordia tied for eighth, and Simon Frazier finished tenth. In baseball, all six copper teams were in action. Western Oregon and Central Washington are tied for first after splitting their four game series over the weekend. And that, that's, that actually included a GNAC record when the Wolves scored 32 runs. In Monday's 32-14 victory over the Wildcats in a game that was actually played over in Bellevue. In softball, Central Washington highlighted the second week of league competition with a road sweep of Northwest Nazarene. 
Alyssa Etheridge of Montana State Billings had the standout performance of the week, throwing a no-hitter in her team's 8-1 victory against St. Martins in Seattle on Friday. That's what happened last week around the GNAC. As we mentioned, one of the big happenings around the GNAC last week was the GNAC Men's and Women's Basketball Championships. We're going to have an opportunity to relive some of those moments with Northwest Nazarene women's guard Avery Albrecht when GNAC Insider resumes right after this timeout. Remember, if you don't catch us live, listen to GNAC Insider over iTunes or at GNACsports.com. GNAC Insider will be right back. Why choose Western Washington University? Go to school in one of Outside Magazine's dream towns, minutes from both the mountains and the sea. Ranked by U.S. News and World Report as the number one public master's granting university in the Pacific Northwest. The number one producer of prestigious Fulbright scholarships in the nation among public master's granting institutions. The number one medium-sized school in the nation for graduates who join the Peace Corps. Western Washington University. Active minds, changing lives. And welcome back to GNAC Insider. I'm Robert Lowry. And I had the great honor and the great pleasure, again, of uh, working with GNAC.TV at this past weekend's GNAC Men's and Women's Basketball Championships. And as I sat in the stands watching the championship game on Saturday nights between Northwest Nazarene and Alaska Anchorage, as the final seconds ticked away and the final horn went off, Northwest Nazarene came out on top by six, and I saw one of the wildest celebrations, just pure joy, just pure elation by the Northwest Nazarene women's team. They were out on the floor, and in the middle of it somewhere was Avery Albrecht, who is joining us now. Avery, where were you in the midst of all the, all the hoopla? Oh, my goodness. I think I was buried under seven of my teammates when we uh, all piled up in the middle of the court. It was a great celebration. It was a great celebration. And, you know, I'll be quite honest with you. I've been watching college basketball for a lot of years, and I watched that celebration, and I don't know how many other times I have been part of uh, at least watching a, a, just a moment of sheer elation by a team like that. I, I've very rarely seen a team celebrate and just seen the pure joy on your faces for winning that championship. What mm-hmm. made this one so, so special to you? I think what makes it the most special is the group of girls we have. We're all best friends and we just love each other so much. So, and we know how hard we've worked up until this point. So it was just amazing to have that moment where we can all be like, wow, it was really worth it. It all paid off. Have you taken your GNAC championship hat or shirt off yet? Oh, I actually wore my uh, hat about two days in a row at school. And then I thought it was about time to, <laughs> to put it in the closet, but wow, it was hey. amazing. I don't know if it's time to put it in the closet. Matter of fact, you can wear that loud and proud for the rest of the year as far as I'm concerned. You uh, you had an individually very solid year for the for the Nighthawks. First team all GNAC selection last week, and then you headed back to the NCAA Division II tournament this week. You're the number two seed in the West region. Uh, 28-2, and two, that's the record for the Nighthawks this year. 18-2 and two in GNAC play. Uh, you 
have pinned now the only two losses on Alaska Anchorage this year. Talk a little bit about what has made this such a stellar year. How has this team gelled so well to becoming now maybe one of the front runners to potentially move on out of the West region? Yeah, I think we gelled so well just because we have a really special group of girls and we have special coaches on board and we're all um, rooting for the same final goal and we all have just embraced our role so well and just um, done whatever is needed to make the team succeed. So, again, we always tell each other that we just love each other so much and that really fuels um, us to work hard every day in practice and just to treat each other well and love the game of basketball. And I think the biggest thing is we've just had so much fun doing what we love this year, playing basketball, and it really has translated to wins for us. Gene Ack, co-team of the week on the women's side after the victory to win the uh, Gene Ack championships. You move on now to the West Regional, and you're going to have the opportunity mm-hmm. to take on Humboldt State this coming Friday. What do you know about the Lady Lumberjacks, and what, uh, what challenges could they present to you? We know that they're very well coached and of course any team that makes it to this tournament is a good team that could possibly be a threat to um, our season. So we know that we have to keep on doing everything that we've done that has helped us succeed so far, like um, focusing on defense to power our offense and, you know, just continuing to love each other on the court. So I think the biggest thing is just that every team here, it's a single game elimination. Every team here knows that it's do or die each game. So you have to come out to each game with um, with a, more of a passion to win that game than the other team. Well, and you certainly showed a lot of passion this past Saturday. Now, and I don't want to look past Humboldt State because they have a, a very solid athletic program down there, and I'm sure their women's basketball mm-hmm. team is, is very, very good. But let's just for the sake of argument for a moment, look past that game and to – what would be the semifinal matchup, uh, you could be facing Alaska Anchorage once again this year for the what would be the fourth time. Would you relish another chance to take them on? You know, I like the fact that we get a chance to play someone out of our conference this first round. And, um, you know, it's nice to have different teams, but I think we're excited to get another opportunity to play Anchorage just because, we match up so well against each other. Um, we play super similar styles of games. So it's um, always a very close, very intense game. And um, I think we've kind of formed sort of a rivalry over these past four, past few years. So we're excited to be in a, another crazy environment for um, the game that's possibly on Saturday. Now, you, Avery Albrecht, from Northwest Nazarene University, are actually a native of LaGrande, Oregon. You graduated from LaGrande High School. First of all, how did Eastern Oregon University let you get out of their own? What was it about Northwest Nazarene that made you think, no, this is the school for me? Well, first off, EOU is an amazing school with an amazing basketball program, and I love the head coach, Angie, but... I think Angie, Angie grew up in LeGrand too, so she understands more than anyone that it's good for somebody to get out of their hometown and experience uh, something different. And the reason why NNU stuck out to me so much is just the girls. Um, as soon as I went on my visit, I was like, this is the place for me. Just There's just a different environment here, and 
um, just the cohesiveness with the group of girls that I didn't really find other places that I went on visits. What are you studying at NNU? What are your post-basketball career plans? My major is marketing and global business. And at this point, I'm a little bit unsure as to what my future holds after basketball. Um, I think I maybe want to work for a nonprofit business or something like that, but it's still pretty much undecided so far. Okay. Well, Avery, I'm going to let you go. I'm going to let you get back to relaxing and uh, getting set for the, uh, for the trip down there to San Diego for the West Regionals coming up this Friday. Good luck to you. Good luck to Northwest Nazarene and Alaska Anchorage. You wave that GNAC banner high when you're down there, and I know, you're gonna, I know that you're going to play loud and proud on behalf of Northwest Nazarene and on behalf of the great Northwest. Well, thank you, and thanks for having me. Avery Albrecht joining us tonight from Nampa, Idaho, as we now go around the GNAC. In men's basketball, the conference's top teams will converge in San Diego this week for the NCAA West Regional. The tournament will get underway on Friday as St. Martin's faces Concordia, Irvine. Seattle Pacific meets Chaminade, and Western Oregon plays against the host, Point Loma. In women's action, the postseason continues with the NCAA West Regionals down in San Diego as well. Both the GNAC Championship and regular season winners will be in action on Friday as Alaska Anchorage takes on Hawaii Pacific and Northwest Nazarene, as we mentioned, meets Humboldt State. In men's golf, all six teams are in action this week. Montana State Billings will be in Las Vegas for the Warrior Invitational, while the rest of the conference is in Livermore, California, for the Notre Dame de Namur University Invitational. On the women's side, Simon Frazier, Montana State Billings, and St. Martins will return to the links at three different tournaments in Vista and Palm Desert, California, and also in Las Vegas. In outdoor track and field, seven GNAC teams will be in Ashington, meet at Saturday's SPU-hosted Doris Heritage Track Festival. In baseball, all six GNAC teams will be in action. Northwest Nazarene and St. Martins will get the week underway in Lacey on Friday, while the Central Washington, Montana State Billings, and Concordia Western Oregon Series get underway on Saturday. And in softball, 16 games are on the schedule this week. First place Central Washington will be in action for four contests, playing at Western Washington twice on Saturday before heading to Burnaby for a Sunday doubleheader against Simon Frazier. Well, remember, for the, for the latest in the GNAC, you can go to GNACsports.com to find new stats, standings, and anything else you want for that matter. Also, you can connect with the GNAC through social media on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at GNAC Sports. We'll wrap up tonight's GNAC Insider right after this timeout. GNACsports.com is your 24-7 resource for all the latest on the Great Northwest Athletic Conference. Schedules, results, standings, statistics, and more for all 11 GNAC members. Plus, catch live event coverage on GNAC.tv. When I first came to SFU, I thought I knew exactly what I wanted. When I got into my second semester, I suddenly wasn't so sure what I wanted to do anymore. So I started to explore history, even kinesiology. And then I decided to go on exchange to France for a year. I was an orientation leader for a year, became a community advisor in residence, helped start a choir. I even took a rowing course. After SFU, I have lots of possibilities of what I could do. But whatever I do, I know I'll be ready for it.
And welcome back to Genec Insider. I'm Robert Lowry. I don't do this often, but I'm just going to take a, a quick moment here for a little bit of a personal reflection. Uh, I did have the great opportunity to once again announce her for the GNAC Basketball Championships this past week, back on Thursday and Friday. And I want to send my personal thanks out to those who, and Wally, who was my color analyst. Sean, thanks very much, my friend. Also, a, a, big, a, a big note of thanks to Blake Tim, GNAC Assistant Commissioner. Also to John and the crew at GNAC.tv for what a great job they did. And all my friends and all the help we got from the crew up at Western Washington University. They were absolutely fantastic and magnanimous hosts, I will say. And uh, things went off so well up there. So thank you to each and every one of you. And of course, as always, I want to thank Connor Pelton, the producer for GNAC Insider. Connor, thanks, my friend. Also, thanks to Dave Hagland, GNAC Commissioner. Thank you, Commissioner, for your for your faith and confidence in me. And of course, thanks to you for joining us at home here tonight. I also want to thank tonight's guests, our great guests, Avery Albrecht, Northwest Nazarene Women's Basketball Guard, Coleman Wooten, the MVP of the Men's Tournament, Seattle Pacific University Basketball Forward, and CFB 150 Executive Director Kevin Weiberg for joining us tonight. I know we're going to be hearing more and more about the 150th anniversary of college football during the coming college football campaign. Well, that'll do it for tonight's GNAC Insider. Thank you so, so much for joining us. And again, we look forward to talking to you next week, 7 p.m. Tuesday, for our next edition of GNAC Insider. Until then, I'm Robert Lowry saying so long for now. You've been listening to GNAC Insider, an update on the NCAA's Great Northwest Athletic Conference. Remember to follow the GNAC through social media. To find us on Facebook or Twitter, search GNAC Sports and locate us on the web at GNACsports.com. GNAC Insider is a production of the Great Northwest Athletic Conference.